Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker, and today we're discussing all things chickens with Grover Stock. Grover, thanks for joining me. You are a um, organic food farmer consultant. Uh, you're a teacher, lecturer. In fact, you are doing um, some great things in um, New Mexico right now. You're at a conference. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there. Hi, Karen. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on the uh, show. And we are in Santa Fe, New Mexico for the biennial conference for the Biodynamic Association of North America. It's kind of a North American group. And today we're spending the day on the concept of sacred agriculture. Hmm. After, I, after I finish with you, I'm going there to the convention center. And we're hmm. spending the next few days discussing things around the biodynamic movement. It's a different way to treat agriculture. And you've been involved with uh healing the earth for decades really at this point um you you have uh, that's your passion and your focus you're doing amazing work but interestingly of course animals along with the earth the animals are an integral part of that sustainability component so uh today we're going to talk about chickens not in food production but chickens when it comes to backyard pets and or companions per se. They're certainly in the last 50 years, um, mm -hmm. people have recognized how interesting, funny, and um, helpful it can be to raise chickens. And we've had a huge request at the Healthy Pet site to publish an article or two on chicken husbandry. So I decided to contact you and I appreciate you sharing your chicken knowledge with us. You also have some chickens as well. You have a small flock. Sure. I've been keeping chickens on and off for 30 odd years, something like that, 35. And uh, chickens are fun. And you used a word there that's a really good word to use when it comes to any kind of a domestic animal. And that's husbandry. Uh, this is husbandry. So when we take responsibility for little critters like this, it becomes a bit of a marriage. Yep. So, really good to uh, make sure you're serious about having the time to pay the attention to the uh, little animals, to the chickens especially. Yeah. They need daily attention. And you know, that's a great point. I think a lot of people probably coming off of the food production tail end of things, chickens are um, not greatly respected. The, the perception is that they're dumb and that they're, I don't want to say worthless, but by absolutely, in my opinion, they're one of the most exploited animals on the face of the earth, um, certainly pertaining to the factory farming aspects. So when you get a chicken out of that environment, my introduction to a chicken, um, there was a tornado that came through Waterloo, Iowa, where uh, at the, the Humane Society, actually, where I worked, and a chicken came in in the aftermath of escaping, and I ended up adopting her and using her for pet therapy. So <laughs> I had a one-on-one -on -one relationship that changed my entire perception about chickens. But not everyone necessarily has that one-on-one -on -one relationship to be able to see how amazing they are. But it's certainly growing because we have people asking for this information, not about how to raise chickens to, for food, but raise chickens um, as companions. So when you say they need daily attention, Grover, talk to me a little bit about if people are thinking about getting a chicken for a companion. Yeah. What, well, I guess we, we, let's start with the egg, huh? Yeah, okay, yep. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested in raising chickens, there's a few ways to go about it. And you could start by hatching some eggs if you want. And mm -hmm. you might have uh, children that, for a school project who are going to be asked to hatch some eggs or something like such. Yep. But it begins there. And the thing to remember when you're hatching eggs is that 
there's going to be 50% roosters and 50% hens. And roosters are not as socially acceptable in most suburban and urban spheres as hens are. So there's a bit of a dilemma there. Uh, besides that, the little baby chicks require quite a special uh, method of care, as you know, Karen, being a vet. Uh, they, they need 95, 90 to 95 degrees for the first couple of weeks. So you have to make a little incubation pen with a heat lamp. And then you can, uh, you can raise the heat over a period of weeks. But you end up with some roosters and some hens. Mm -hmm. And that has its uh, consequences. <laughs> have you found, um, so how many chickens are you currently caring for right now, Grover? I have, uh, we have six in our, in our little flock. Okay. And when, peop when people know that you are a curator of chickens, do they want to donate their roosters to you? I have had that. People say, oh my gosh, you know, the, the roosters are too loud. Our neighbors hate us. Are you interested in having four more roosters? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where roosters become soup sometimes. Yes, exactly. That's the way of it. And that's the other thing about chickens. They are a... They are a food source, and even in your backyard, that's there. There is uh, times when you end up having to commit yourself to a different course of action than you might have thought. <laughs> and so it's good to be prepared for all of that. Uh, and then, but I, I like we like starting with pullets. Uh, pullet is a medium-sized chicken that's been sexed already, so that we can get just hens. And uh, then we've, the hens seem to do just fine without a rooster uh, in, in most settings. In the more rural setting, I think roosters are crucial because they, they help you get more chickens and they uh, protect the flock. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't know that. that so so what, are, what are your thoughts about a single chicken versus several hens and a rooster? Is one chicken, I mean... Two chickens one, are better than one chicken, or? Two chickens are better than one chicken. They're definitely social creatures. So my little gang, uh, I have a small pen, and every morning we go out and we open two different little doors that gives them access to the uh, site. They have about a half of an acre, my wow. little six chickens, to mm -hmm. run around on every day. Mm -hmm. And if you want healthy chickens, it's good if they can range every day and run and eat lots of bugs and dirt and yep. things like that. Otherwise, you have to pay a lot more attention to their uh, to their diet. And and so that brings me to my next question: um, If people are capable, if I feel like a lot of people end up caring for chickens, they didn't really necessarily um, go looking. Like you bring up some great points. It's a mama whose child hatched an egg, and now they don't know what to do with the chicken. Or God forbid Easter, uh, those of you that regularly subscribe to our newsletter know that I'm not an advocate of ever giving animals as gifts and most certainly giving bunnies or, or chickens for Easter falls into that category. But out of that comes a plethora of animals that need homes. If people acquire, let's say, a pullet and um, they're, you know, they have the backyard space for it, Grover, is, can you sustain chickens? Um, do they have to have a heat source outside, uh, depending on where they live? I mean, once they're, once they're feathered out and more adults, are they fine in a shed outside, or do they need heat? Uh, thank you, Karen. That's a really good question. The, uh, 
It, it, it depends, right, is, is my answer, the, the short answer. But the long answer is that it depends on your climate. Mm -hmm. So where I live in Sebastopol, California, Mediterranean climate, uh, hardly ever really get a hard frost, never snows. Uh, so my chickens, the coop's in a place that gets lots of light, but doesn't really require artificial heat source. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, you're going to need to have an insulated chicken coop or at least protected from the winds. And I like to leave a lamp in there and a lamp provides heat. And the, another nice thing about a lamp, if it's an outdoor coop, is that the lamp attracts bugs mm -hmm. and chickens don't sleep a whole lot, but they, they love eating bugs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so having a little light in your chicken coop, uh, serves dual purposes of attracting bugs and keeping them a bit warmer. They, so, and so that also harkens to the size of the coop and the roost that you're going to use. Uh, chickens like to cuddle. So that they, they provide warmth three for each other. So as far as chicken coops go, bigger is not necessarily better. It's good to know. An eight by eight coop which is 16 square feet, could house up to 15 chickens. Wow. Wow. So, uh, and absolutely, people in, in, that have very small uh, bungalows in Chicago are absolutely finding the joys of raising chickens. Small coops, small homes, small yard, but still um, can sustain several chickens. Um, your chickens, sounds like they have kind of deluxe accommodations. They have half an acre and tremendous amount of bugs then to forage on. Talk to me about um, if you have a really tiny yard and not that many bugs. If you needed, do you supplement your chicken's food or, or in that situation where there's not that many bugs, what are your recommendations on how to nourish chickens appropriately? Uh, purchase certified organic soy and corn free uh, feeds that have somewhere in the neighborhood of 17% protein. Is that hard to find, Grover? Corn no, and soy free chicken scratch? Okay. All of the uh, feed and fuel kind of, or animal places like that are carrying this kind of feed now. It's okay. pretty common. Great. Um, so do you leave that scratch out all the time? They can just eat as much as they want? No, we feed them. We give them a scoop. Well, it depends on the situation. So we we give our chickens a very limited amount of, of that kind of, uh, of produced food because they have so much to forage on. Yeah. So depending on your situation, if you're like the situation you just described where we don't have enough uh, space to really let them range or enough diversity in the, uh, in the yard, then I like to feed, yeah, I just leave a, a food source for them where they can eat as much as they want. And because chickens make a big old mess in your yard too. If I didn't have this big of a space, then I would uh, fence them down into something as small as I possibly could because they, they are wonderful at uh, enhancing the fertility of the soil by scratching up everything in sight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And they'll so, eat vegetables. They're not really good companions in a vegetable garden setting. Um, you can turn them loose there at one point in the year, coming into fall, like in your part of the world where it starts to freeze down. And then, then they help clean up and fertilize. But during the uh, growing season, chickens 
uh, like to eat vegetables. Mm. So they're not insectivores. Yep, and and are you finding that um, in your situation where your chickens have half an acre, uh, are they fenced in that? I mean, are they are they protected from predators in that area? Uh, no, not really. I have a uh, we have a dog, and there's dogs in the neighborhood, and so we're not that far out in the country where the predators are uh, prevalent during the daylight hours, but at nighttime we have skunks and fox and coyotes so we have to close the poop up pretty well mm -hmm. and you know I, there is uh also you can get chicken coop setups that have solar powered devices that open and close the door so it is possible to actually leave your chickens alone for a day or two if you had to in in some settings wow okay set up situations yep. like that for clients so that's great to know. I had no idea. The, um, the evolution of chicken coop technology is expanding, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, so other than, other than predators being a huge risk in some situations, Grover, uh, chickens are predisposed to certain diseases, or at least chickens um, that aren't headed for slaughter, where they're allowed to live out their life. I know back when I had my chicken, I asked my avian veterinarian how long chickens live, and she said, no one really knows because we eat them before we've ever had time to to judge their lifespan. I think we now know that chickens actually can live quite some time with appropriate care, but they do get sick. And are there some diseases that you have, if you've had chickens, you know, for so many years, are there some diseases that tend to be recurrent within chickens or none that, that you would specifically say that, that people would need to look out for? Um, life, lifespan, six to eight years. Okay. Uh, we, we've had, we had one pet chicken who she lived all the way to about eight years before she finally left us. Wow. Um, I would say that if you holistically manage your chickens, if you give them enough light, light and warmth, uh, if they're watered properly, if they're not sitting in the mud, then basically you won't have much of an uh, issue with any diseases. Great. Um, when you get a, a too many chickens together at once, I've seen some problem with mites, mm -hmm. and, and I've seen some problem um, started because of pecking order issues within yep. the chickens where they start to uh, abuse each other. And there's one, uh, we have a, we actually, my wife's cooked up a solution for that. She takes the chicken that's getting abused and then takes the abuser in and you hold the, if you hold the chicken upside down by its feet, it kind of goes, uh, it goes slack. And so we present the ornery chicken to the uh, second class chicken over and over again. And we let the second class chicken peck on the ornery chicken. And that helps to readjust the pecking order. That pecking order can be an issue when you're introducing chickens. To wow. Wow. And so I, I knew that pecking order, I knew about the mutilation and I knew about the pecking order, but I didn't know that you could overcome bullying by this technique. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, you take the bully and let him get bullied. Yeah, or... interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. And there what you do you, what, uh, what about internal parasites, Grover? I know that mites, yes, I'm aware of, and diatomaceous earth, there's great things yeah. you can do naturally, but what about internal parasites? Is that a problem or not so much? Not so much. Okay. Well, not, not, not in my experience. Um, and I, I, once again, I think that it's because we've always raised the chickens like chickens. Yep. We haven't uh, treated them like uh, 
prisoners. Yeah. I it, think that's that has everything to do with it. And those problems will, can and will occur if you have situations where they're uh, suffering from being too cold or yep. too wet, not enough light. Those are the most common causes of all of the uh, yep. problems we have with the birds. You know, um, you bring up great common sense uh, suggestions for managing well-being and vitality really across all animal species. Pure, yep. clean drinking water, uh, low stress environment, the ability to move their bodies outside. Um, but you, you talking about sunlight, it's something that I think we really underestimate. Um, when I construct uh, pet food recipes for pet food companies, it's interesting because free range chickens contain a lot of vitamin D, but factory farm chickens are vitamin D deficient and that has to play into their health and well-being because they're not outside, they need the sunlight in order to make vitamin D and if chickens uh -huh. are not outside then they're vitamin D deficient and that would play into their overall health, well-being, immune, immune response as well. So your chickens are outside 12 hours a day, would you say? I mean, more longer oh, than yeah. that? They are. And uh, statistics say that chickens like about 16 hours of light wow. a day. You know, that's kind of like their optimum for laying. And that's the other thing, you know, that your chickens are going to lay eggs. <laughs> yep. And the eggs are wonderful. And uh, one common question we get is, how long do chickens lay and how often? And the answer is we have no idea. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to the cycles that chickens go through. And, and do they do they have an off-season, Grover? Are there, is, is there a period when they don't lay and their bodies kind of recuperate and restore? Or no, they will lay eggs year-round, some of they them. They do. Yeah. yeah, some of them lay eggs year-round. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Yep. Well, um, if you're interested in thinking about acquiring a chicken uh, before you up and decide to purchase from a from a from chicken there, there are a lot of places a lot of places that sell poults or uh, even eggs like you said I would encourage everyone to consider visiting local shelters rescues there's actually a, an abundance of pet chickens that you would really? be able to yeah you'd be able to pick from versus ordering them out of a catalog per se Good suggestion. Yeah, it is. And um, and then it's great to know that there's organic chicken scratch. Looking back on, on my pet chicken, I think uh, she died at five, and I think that there were some nutritional issues. She was not on organic scratch. I was, I was giving her chlorinated and fluoridated water. I mean, I just think that there was some, there was, and she wasn't outside 18 hours a day. She was a house chicken. And I look back mm -hmm. on that, and I could have made some different decisions if I would have had more information. So mm -hmm. this is great information for people thinking about adding a chicken to their life. If people wanted more information, Grover, is there, is there a website or is there books that you uh, could recommend? The Small Scale Poultry Flock by Harvey Ussery. That's U-S-S-E-R-Y. Okay. That's kind of like a Bible, and it's really holistically done. And then there's a, a little website that I used actually to glean some uh, information for our interview, and that's called BackyardChickens.com. Uh, so they have great information on breeds, on breeds that are uh, good for eggs, breeds that are good for uh, meat, breeds that are mixed, and the whole world of chicken. So I, I kind of I enjoyed their website. Yeah, wonderful. Well, great information. And your local grange, you know, your local community. Yeah. 
if you're in some sort of a club, if you're uh, in touch with people who do organic farming, uh, often they'll have extra birds around or they'll be really good advisors on what breed is the best suited for your climatic zone. So yeah. some chickens do uh, heat and cold better than others. Hmm. And personalities within different uh, types of chickens, I bet, are quite variable yeah. as well. They are. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. Well, this is an enlightening conversation about all things chickens. It's the first one at Mercola Healthy Pets. Um, so uh, I appreciate your insight into <laughs> all things chickens. Uh, I have a feeling that this will probably be, I think we'll have, we might have to do a part two in a year or two when people have more questions, but this is a good okay. starting place for everyone looking for more information about chickens in their backyard. Thank you, Grover, for your information. You're most welcome, Karen.